Greetings. This is the Sex Ed Book Review Podcast, the podcast where we read sex ed books before you, tell you all about them, so you can decide if it's right for you and those that you care about. Content warning, there will be discussions of sexuality, sexual health, and bodies, and there may also be some discussion of sexual abuse and assault. And today there actually will be in a very, um, I, I think like this, this is the weird, I've never Let's say the sentence in a very accessible way. We're going to talk about sexual abuse, um, but that's part of what I think makes this important. We're not going to talk about the fact that this clavicle bone on this side is like more prominent than this side. I don't know. It's this weird thing that I just noticed. We'll just deal with those issues outside of the podcast. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, who? Which of us has the uneven clavicles? Who are you? <laughs> So I am uh, Barb Gross. I am a BCBA, uh, a board, side, board certified behavior analyst and an ASEC certified sexuality educator. Um, and I am living in Missouri in the United States. Lovely. And I am Landa Fox. My pronouns are she and her as well. And I am also a BCBA and also a certified sexual health educator through an organization here in Canada, where I live in beautiful, yet very damp and rainy and windy Victoria, British Columbia. And is your clavicle even? My clavicle is even. Yeah, I think I was like subconsciously touching it. I know, now we're just like, ooh. Um, And I realized I actually did not, um, and I typically do introduce myself um, just also just being very like upfront about uh, my pronouns. And I don't know if we've ever really talked about why we do that because we both have she, her pronouns that we're talking about. So I don't know, like, I don't know. For me, a big part of it is because I have friends, I have colleagues, I have family members who uh, do not use the pronouns that maybe someone said that they had when they were born. So like mm-hmm. the, the pronouns that were assigned at birth. So like, if I'm saying like, Hey, these are my pronouns. If somebody else wants to be uh, sharing that their pronouns are different than what someone may have heard before, or what someone may assume that it makes it a little bit easier when we're all just kind of upfront. I don't know if you have other reasons, but like, that's my big one. Yeah. That's why I say it as well is just sort of um, creating space for other people to share theirs if they feel comfortable or they feel like that's something they need to do Um, and just to generally set a model of like that it's that's an okay thing to share and then we can make sure that we're referring to people with the pronouns that they identify with yeah yeah, and I try to just advocate for other folks to to do that as well right Um, also I think that the more that we do that the more that we move away from like assigning pronouns based on like random stimuli that are like you know like a certain name we might be like oh that's a feminine name so they use she her pronouns or that's a masculine name air quotes um and so I think that or like they have long hair you know what does that even mean are they wear pink like some of those arbitrary it's funny you you said ideas you said pink I was gonna say like combat boots uh because I used to live in combat boots um and I would get that a lot where people would be like oh sorry I didn't know I'm like well you still don't, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. for the record, um, yeah. and I feel like there's sort of a, the more that we're really doing this, like we're building fluency, right? We're making it so that it's like easy. You don't really have to think about it, which I don't know if that was a deliberate segue into um, 
what we're talking about today, because I kind of said like, hey, we're going to be having some little bit heavier conversations, uh, but the more that people are having conversations and the more that um, this is practiced and it just becomes part of what families or what teachers are doing, I think it becomes a little bit um, it becomes a little bit less intimidating, overwhelming, you know, perhaps even scary. So, yeah. Yeah. And then I think we both like, so we're going to try something a bit different because we mm-hmm. both brought a book and we don't usually talk a lot about like which book we're going to bring so that it's like a genuine sort of like, Oh, tell me about your book. And then we both picked books that are on like, basically the topic of like body boundaries and teaching consent to younger younger kids right um and again that sort of caveat that we always do of of these books are going to be sort of like one or I guess in this case two ways that you can sort of teach a concept um and we'll we'll talk about some of the things that we like about the books and some things we would change like we usually do um and they're just resources to help people get started so yeah they can have the start of this very important conversation about um body boundaries consent being the boss of our own bodies Yes. Um, Which I I was just kind of thinking of something, um, you know, just because of the topic in particular, I don't know. So if, so in the United States, what I would be doing, if, if somebody came to me and said, you know, Hey, we have some ways that something may have taken place. And we're a little bit worried about, you know, maybe some like inappropriate touching, like there might've been possibly sexual abuse that I would typically recommend that people are reaching out to like a children's advocacy center where they have supports in place, where they have um, the the tools and the professionals who can do interviewing and be able to get support in the right place. Um, I don't know what that's like in Canada. I'm going to make sure I put that in the, uh, that, that I put that in our sort of notes so people have but I don't know in Canada what do people have yeah uh similar so I would say I always say to people like if you have any concerns that something may have happened to somebody who you care about and in Canada generally um I would have to check province to province that we have like mandatory reporter laws so basically any adult is considered a mandatory reporter so if you think that you work with somebody or know somebody that may have that's a child or a youth anyone under 18 who might have experienced sexual abuse or assault even if you're not sure then the thing to do is to call yeah like child abuse prevention um numbers that are associated generally with government organizations here in canada um and that those people are the professionals in terms of being able to assess whether or not something happened and giving people resources to help them if something did happen um and yeah so I always try to refer do that sort of referring out like that's not something that I even though I'm a sexual health educator and I know about um you know signs of abuse and consent and all those sorts of things that it that specific skill set isn't something that I have or that I practice so I'm pleasantly surprised that all grown-ups are mandated reporters so where I live, and again, it's different uh, from place to place in the United States, but where I live, um, it's specific professionals are mandated reporters. If you work in a school, if you work in healthcare, if you're uh, uh, some kind of like helping professional, odds are pretty good that you are a mandated reporter, which means even if it's just, words are hard, even if it's a suspicion mm-hmm. um, that you would have to be um, reaching out to, not to child advocacy centers that would be like families to reach out um but that you would be reaching out to specific 
um, state entities who do that kind of investigation. So, and I think that, that, um, so child advocacy centers in general are, um, also a resource to the community. They provide, um, some, the ones that are in my area, um, they do trainings, they do trainings for teachers or for families. They do, um, like a lot of outreach type stuff. So it's beyond just being available for that forensic interviewing. It's also just being able to do some education, being able to provide um, counseling resources. So when somebody asks me, Hey, you know, this happened in our family, where can we find, you know, someone to be doing counseling, to be doing some extra support. That's the reference. That's the first um, Mm -hmm. thing that I recommend is reach out to these folks this is something that they have a lot of knowledge about. So yeah. 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 Important resources for people to have. We're going to talk longer than we thought, I think. And that's okay. I think so too. It's okay. It's fine. It's important stuff. Yeah. Uh, good background. Um, so I guess what we're going to try to do is, well, we'll both introduce our books and then kind of go back and forth about how they cover this important topic. And we're looking at, Ideally, the, the books are sort of a like preventative education in terms of like, what can we do to set kids up to be successful, to be powerful bosses of their own bodies? And then I think there's also some some tips in there for sort of like, if, if something's already happened, then what could kids do? And they could be empowered by through through the books or yeah. anyway. So um, what's okay. the, what's the title of your, so like, what's the title of your book? What's the audience? What's it look like? Tell us those things. Tell us, tell us. So my book's called My Body, <laughs> What I Say Goes. Uh, and there's a, a kind of a longer subtitle, a book to empower and teach children about personal body safety, feelings, safe and unsafe touch, private parts, secrets and surprises, consent and respectful relationships. So those are the big ideas covered in this tiny but powerful 36-page book. That is um, a small book. Yeah, it's a tiny one. Yeah. And it's um, for it's for very young people, is that? Yeah, I would I would say like pre-K through grade three-ish would be sort of the age range that it's geared towards. It's sort of like classic, um, you know, kids book kind of format with like yeah. a few words and um, sentences on each picture and then like nice big kind of colorful photos so nothing uh, nice. like too overwhelming so that's nice cool um, who, who yeah. wrote who wrote your book all that kind of stuff all that stuff uh Jeanine Sanders is the author and it is illustrated by Anna Hancock uh and this author has a number of other books in sort of a series um some secret should ever be kept no means no um a couple different like body safe education ones which i don't have but i actually may like look to get this is the only one i have by this author it's from 2016 um yeah little kids and i think you could use any of these books if like a child's older but you feel like this is an important lesson to go over um you know i I, when a 13 year old is probably going to think it's too you know yeah for two little kids but you know you know, seven, eight, nine, maybe even pushing up to 10 with like some modifications, I think they could, could use if they missed it. Yeah. Um, And it's published by Educate to Empower Publishing. I love it. And my, the age range for the book that I have, I think is actually pretty similar. Um, I was thinking it's itty bitty, you know, three, you know, three years old, pre-K. I think that families who are even younger could absolutely use this. And I think that's something that's a, a, a real asset for this book, um, which is called Who's the Boss of This Body? 
It is a book that I recommend rather often. Um, Megan Hurley Backhoffen, whose name I'm probably not pronouncing right, um, who is a licensed clinical social worker who does a lot of work in um, um, around the area of sexual abuse for young people. Um, it is self-published. So it's probably the only book we're going to have where we're going to say like, here's the Amazon link. Cause that's where you can find it. Um, I even looked to see if, um, if she, or the, the place where she works has a link to the book and I didn't see anything there. Um, but very also it's very child. It is primary colors. It is red, yellow, and blue where who's the boss of this body is in a bright red, like all capital font. And then there's like the, all of the illustrations are sort of in this, um, very like anime looking. Yeah. Yeah. Like half moon. eye, half circle yeah. eyes. Okay, all no, of them are kind of like yeah, that. Okay. And it's really, um, the same sort of format all the way through. Um, but it's, uh, the, um, illustration is, uh, I'm just going to say Fino agency, F I N A O. And of course that goes into all of our stuff too, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, published in 2019 and it's one that I've probably been recommending since then. So, and similar to yours, um, this book though is used, your book has it in the, the title where it ha- it's about this and this and this. This book is really um, limited to those topics of, um, you know, body autonomy, of consent, of secrets versus surprises, of how to respond, what to do um, in order to prevent. And then also like that kind of like how to respond. Um, and that's really like this book is really, really singular focus, which we do sometimes, but not always. So yeah, um, like what are your like big topics? I actually was smart. And in this little like 40 something page book, I wrote down like here are the specific topics, but Mm. what's, I know we ain't got chapters, but what are your chapters? Yeah, I mean, the, the first section is kind of about feelings. And so there's like feelings and then feeling safe and unsafe. They talk about some like early warning signs um, and then uh, the idea of like putting together a safety network, um, private parts, which does yours have pr- discussion of private parts? It, it does briefly. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Mine's pretty brief too. Secrets and surprises, which sounds like you have as well. Yeah. Body bubble. And then a little section at the back that I liked, which is like mm-hmm. parent, caregiver, and educator, like discussion questions to kind of like keep the conversation going and make it bigger than just reading the book one time. Yeah. Um, and really love that in the book, they talk about parent, caregiver, and educator. Um, it's a super educator-friendly book, this one, which I know we've talked about in yeah. some of our books we talked about in the past, or um, educators will probably need to make more careful decisions about whether they would use it or not in a classroom. But this one, I would say, is classroom safe. What about yours? Um, I actually think that mine does. I was thinking about, um, you know, um, in, in states, some states have laws that require that, um, young people, um, receive education that is abuse prevention education. I was actually thinking this book would be a good resource for people who might be like crafting their own, um, because it is done in a way that's not super like it's explicit about the things that are important um but there's no like you know pictures of nudity or anything Mm -hmm. like that we've kind of run into before um but yeah in general it kind of goes over all of the different ways that you 
even if you're a tiny person, um, that you have autonomy over your body parts. So I'll talk a little about why I like that. Um, it does talk about uh-oh feelings mm. and give some descriptions of what that might feel like, which, you know, I always like something that I think is a little unique about this book is it talks about why someone may not go and tell. So why mm. someone might freeze. Mm. And that was, I've, I don't think I've seen that before. Um, I thought that was very cool. Um, talks yeah. about, um, uh, about basically human rights. It talks about your right to protect yourself from things, um, surprises and secrets, obviously, like I said, tiny little bit on, um, public and private and privacy. And then, um, the ending there's like a little, Oh, by the way, these rights are for everybody. So that also means that you shouldn't be doing something that is like violating someone else's right to be the boss of their body. I thought that was super, super cute. But yeah, this is something that I could see families using for sure. And I recommend this to families often, but I could see it working really well in schools also, but it's very much like this. It's sort of like, um, you know, I'm going to talk about, tell me about sex grandma because I love that book. Um, But it's the same sort of thing where it's a conversation. Um, But this one is a little bit more um, sort of user manual in like a conversation style. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, like it does sound like the books are some, our, our books yeah. are very similar. Yeah. 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 So that's cool. Um, you said you kind of like kicked it off by saying like, you've been recommending this book since it came into your life. Yeah. Um, if, if you had to pick a hi- like a, a single highlight or a thing that it does, I mean, obviously the book, I feel like when we recommend a book, it's usually because on the whole, it's really great, but usually yeah. there's like a few things that stand out. So if you, you had to pick one of those things, what might that be? Okay. I'm going to pick two things. Cause one is in the book and then there's another one that's not in the book. Um, what I think I like so much about this is that it is so for, I already said, I'm darn, okay. Three things. One is that part about how it is common to freeze. If you have an, uh, Oh, feeling that sometimes it's too hard to do anything. Sometimes people feel stuck. And that it's okay to go tell later, even if you get stuck in the moment. And that to me is so, um, it's so empowering, you know, for someone who may have been like, oh gosh, I didn't say anything. Well, you still can. It's still okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not too late to say. Absolutely. And yeah, if you get, if you just get the message that like, you need to tell somebody to stop and then you need to go and tell somebody right away. If you don't do that, particularly when they're kids and they're really like, wanting to follow those like rule governed behaviors. And this is right. the rule that I have and that yes. I want to go tell. And if you don't do that, then you, there's a sense of shame. And so creating a, a space where you can acknowledge that that's okay. That's fantastic. I, yeah. I like that. And like, um, it goes through all of the different senses and I think that's really cute. And it's what I like is it's not just about, um, and I think that books about abuse prevention sometimes get stuck in like good touch, bad touch. But for example, I don't know if you knew this, but you are the boss of your ears, which (laughs) means that you should never have to listen to scary stories on TV or listen to people saying mean words to you. But that's also, it's about, you have the right to be safe from harm. So it's very much like, you know, conventional and protection of rights of the child. It's very like human rights focused. I love that. There's one more thing I really like, and it's not in the book. Um, So the author released a 10 series, um, a t- sorry, a 10 session podcast that's called 10 Tips for Sexual Abuse Prevention. 
and it's on SoundCloud and it is incredible. So I'll make sure that we have that too. Um, And it's not really like about the book. It's not like a sales pitch for the book, but it goes into, I think some of the rationale for why things are included. And I think that's just fantastic. So so an extra resource. Yeah. Yes. That's I, um, I think some of our highlights are even the same because one thing that I um, picked out as a highlight for mine is around, they call it early warning signs. What did your book call them? Uh Uh-oh feelings. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that um, having the descriptions, what I found with some books is that they sort of say like, you may have like scary feelings or uh uh-oh feelings or uncomfortable feelings, but then they don't go on to describe what those might be in ways that kids they're like, what's okay. Like, uh uh-oh feelings. Like, what does that mean? And this book has a nice like picture with, um, with yeah, similar. Okay. Yeah. And it's like all of these things, like you might feel like you have to go to the bathroom and there's like a wet spot on the, on the kid's pants, your stomach might feel gurgly, your heart beats, or, you know, you're maybe you're sweaty, um, goosebumps. You might start to cry. Your heart beats fast. You're shaky, um, wobbly legs. So it, it really is some like things that kids could be like, understand and label that like the, that's what adults mean when they say like well when you have like a not so good feeling and it's like well I had yeah. a not so good feeling after you know I ate all that ice cream and and you know went on the tilt-a-whirl <laughs> yeah like, that's different right right um, so yeah so those examples were really nice I like that um another thing that m- this book has that I've seen in lots of other places um is this idea of the safety network or sort of the like mm. top five people and having five, like five people. So I know I do this with kids where like your hand is like a really good example. So you like draw a hand. Um, they have that in the, in one of the pictures here, if I can find the page that it's on um, where they've got like a hand drawing and then you write inside each finger who your safety oh, network yeah. is, which I, I think like is that. just a nice, like kid-friendly way to be like, who's your safety network, like your top five or your safe adults, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then one thing that they highlighted is that at least one of those people should not be in your family, which I mm-hmm. think is an important, and they don't go into like the nitty gritty of like why that might be important, but like as an adult reading the book and someone who knows about sexual abuse is that yes. that's the most likely source of sexual abuse, right? Is somebody within your family. Right. And then there's more likely to be that protection or like not being believed if you tell yes. a parent about another parent or a parent about a parent sibling or a, a sibling of the child's or Right. all of those dynamics right so you need to pick at least one person that's you know a neighbor or a teacher or whoever um that's not in your family but they don't go yeah. into the reasons why but just highlight that like your pinky should be somebody that's not your family whatever. yeah and i think that you know for what it's worth i don't know that it's i, I don't know that you ever tell small children um no. or children well here's why because statistically yeah. speaking if it is somebody it's somebody who's known to the family whether it's like you said someone who's in the family or somebody who's family adjacent um so you know family friends or whatever yeah. um and i think that's something that it, when we talk about giving the information that's necessary at a, a level that's appropriate for the age you don't need to know why you just need to know that this is important yeah totally you know and they definitely do a, a, a- they just sort of kind of say it and, you know, yeah. that's it. That's just important. Yeah. Um, out, out of curiosity, does it give an explanation of what 
it means to trust an adult. Like, how do you know it's someone that you would trust? This book doesn't really go into that. And I, that's something that I talk um, when I am sort of giving information to young people or to adults, honestly, about how to tell who your trusted network is, what it means to, how do you know that someone is, should be in your trusted network? You know, what are the feelings that you get? What are the things that you have been able to share with them? You know? Yeah. It doesn't do like, it doesn't list those specifically in this section, but the way that the book is laid out. So the, the lead character who sort of guides us through this book is Izzy and they, um, have like a couple interactions earlier in the book where they talk about just feel like feeling safe and then Izzy talks about going to the pool with their dad and then dad is like later in the safety net so there's a little bit of okay. like a thread throughout that sort of indicates that like Izzy has good feelings because dad helps to keep them safe got it um, okay or they have good feelings about uncle ray because uncle ray has has kept them safe from like auntie sally's dog or whatever for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nothing that, uh, nothing too explicit, but that yeah. would be a good thing to add. To yeah. When I was even, sure. yeah, I was thinking a, a bit about like kids who are in, um, who are in like a foster care system or mm-hmm. are living in a setting that is not with uh, family of origin and that part, like where it's like, well, you know, your mom and your dad are safe. Well, <laughs> first yeah. of all, yeah, maybe not. And also, if that's not who's in your network, then that's irrelevant. So yeah. <sighs> yeah. I think there's definitely room for those kinds of improvements in lots of books that yes. there, there yeah. is a lot of assumptions in lots of books of like, like here's the nuclear family. And it's a little person that sort of like looks like a boy and a person who sort of looks like a girl. And yeah. there's, there's two like, you know, a heteronormative couple is the, is the parents and stuff. So there's definitely room in, in, I think lots of books to extend that. And particularly, yeah, for, for kids who have different family structures, which I think is one of the things that you loved about telling me about sex grandma. It yes. Caregiver that's We're just going to talk about that book every week. Yeah, that's just going to happen. <laughs> and, and that is not to minimize, like I, like I said, I recommend this book so often. Um, and, and so strongly because um, it's very, and I use this word in a specific way, but it's very explicit. It Mm -hmm. doesn't, not explicit, sexually explicit. It's explicit. Like you are the boss of your eyes. I'm just going to tell you the whole book, but they shouldn't have to look at anything you don't want to see. Like scary movies are seeing a picture of somebody naked. Like Mm -hmm. there's again, no ambiguity around what that means to be the boss of your eyes. It means this specific thing. Yeah. And I think that those sorts of messages in these books are, because I think sometimes parents, when they say like, you should talk to your kid about consent, because as an adult, we think about consent as adult sexual contact consent yeah. often. And, and it's hard for people to wrap their heads around like, how do I get, how do I have that talk with a child? And it is just like, you don't have to look at things you don't want to, you don't have to like, um, hear things that you don't, that make like that make you feel bad and so this book kind of does that a bit too where at the beginning yeah. it starts with like general feelings like you know what makes you feel safe what makes you feel happy uh, and those are good ways to just start the conversation um, yes. about just general feelings right so if you're feeling nervous as a caregiver like you can just start that conversation about just like things that make you feel happy or things that make you feel good is still healthy relationship and abuse prevention education at its most basic level. And so right. people are doing that with their kids and they, there were kids that they care about and they, they don't realize that they're already starting to have the conversation. So 
Mm-hmm. Bravo. If you've already done that, you're on Absolutely. your way. Yeah. Um, you, uh, some other things that are like really big glows for me. Um, when I talk about, um, the ring of safety. So going back to talking about Dave Hingsberger and that model of, you know, being able to build primary prevention. Um, one of the pieces is an understanding of personal rights and the way that I describe it to people consistently is that it, the reason that's so powerful is because it teaches that everybody knows the rules and everybody should follow the rules. And that actually is what it says is that if somebody breaks one of your body rules, that it's not your fault because grownups and big kids know the rules. Mm-hmm. And that's, I was like, yes, it's kind yeah. of tying all these things together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And just that it keeps using the same. So this, the boss of your body, the boss of my body, the boss of that. It's that sort of like they're using same language on almost every page, which feels monotonous as I'm reading through, but it means that it's just getting repeated and reinforced. And now you're giving language so that, you know, this euphoria would be like, I'm the boss of my body. And I'm like, yes, great. That's, that's the reason it's important. So and kids' books are written with that repetition for a reason, right? So right. That the concept sticks, and right. I mean, some people think it helps with reading, but that's a separate podcast. Yeah. Um, okay, I have something that's both a highlight, but then maybe will help us transition into things that we might change about our books. So, yeah. Um, one thing that was a highlight in here that I don't see mentioned a lot of places when they they talk about they don't call it abuse, but they just talk about you know what are some things that you know, people might do where you need to say no, that are going to give you those like uncomfortable early warning sign. feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it says, if someone does touch your private parts or asks you to touch their private parts or shows you pictures of private parts, and I haven't seen pictures of private parts be yeah. listed in a lot of spaces. And I think people, when they think about sex, oh yeah. Okay, great. A bit, yeah. that. Um, when people think about sexual abuse, people immediately go to that sort of like touch-based yeah. abuse, but there are lots of kinds of abuse that are like non-contact showing pictures, but they leave out, I, I mean, I don't think they have to go into an extensive list is sort of not the purpose of the book, but um, I think another one might be like, if someone shows you their parts, Yes. you know, like that, right. I think that they missed including that. So yeah. I would add that here and I'd have to do another like closer read, but I don't think it was as explicit that like, it's always the adult's fault. So I think that could be added to this. Yeah. Book. Yeah. Like I said, that's something I liked here. And um, your book gives more examples of what those uh-oh feelings might feel like. And one thing that I was thinking about, I've been having a lot of conversations lately with people um, because I sometimes get flack when I'm, when I'm doing some work around being able to like notice feelings and I've had people kind of give me flack and I've gotten to the point where I'm like proactively defensive about it. And I'm like, well, um, we're going to be doing some things and it's going to look like it doesn't make any sense or have anything to do, but here's the rationale. Um, And um, what I find is that uh, for people who are, um, who use very like concrete language who are concrete learners. Um, and especially for people who've had their personal boundaries violated repeatedly, mm-hmm. um, that ability to like identify internal feelings. So interoception, like it's broken or yeah. it's just not, it's not happening in a, in a way that, that maps onto what the books say. 
So I don't know if you see my Lush bag behind me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> now you do. Um, but I do all of this work around all of the other senses that are external. So it'll be like, how does like, like this, my, my water cup, this is a cup, I guess, you know, how does it feel? It feels cold. It feels smooth. It feels hard. If I knock on it, that's the sound that it makes. And we talk about like all of these things. So I have, um, Lush is really cool. I, I'm not going to drop a link, but, um, the, the body product store, um, they'll hook you up with free samples. So they cut me a bunch of samples of soap so that we can be, you know, going through all of the different scents, like the, what the smell is like, and some smells are sweet and some smells are sour and some, some smells are, um, Spicy. Yeah, they kind of have a spicy smell. And if you actually like use the soap, some of the soaps have texture and we deliberately, and by the way, the people at the store, I was kind of explaining what was in there. They were all about it. They're like, oh, yeah. and we need to use, you know, sandstone because it's got like sand in it. And this one has like flower petals in it and blah, blah, blah. So you've got like texture and you've got, you know, it's slippery or it's sticky or it's whatever. Um, and all this work around like noticing the outside feelings kind of helps to create a vocabulary for the inside feelings. Man. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that kind of like, you know how, like when things feel cold, like if you touch ice, it's cold. Mm-hmm. You might notice that like the ins, like that your tummy feels kind of cold or that your face feels hot. Like if you, you know, had, you know, hot yeah. cocoa or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I do. We, well, this is getting on a bit of a tangent, but I do something similar where <laughs> to teach people about like how to report on a sensation where I'll have like a cold, like ice cube and I'll like touch it to like a part of the oh, yeah. person's body, like their hand or their elbow. And then I'll ask them, you know, immediately, like, where was it cold? And can they indicate? And then I'll ask like two minutes later, can they report in, a, in an, an hour or whatever, at, like various intervals to sort of see, can they report where sensations have happened in their body yeah. like, in the moment or, and then with like in the past right? Um, to just help with reporting. I mean, you can't inflict any sort of like pain or harmful stimuli. So there's still a bridge to, to yeah. go over there, but, um, For sure. but you can at least get people closer. So. Yeah. I've heard people say kind of similar things with like tickling with a feather. Um, And again, we're talking about very specific examples for very specific people. So this should not be taken (laughs) as advice of how to be doing any sort of professional practice. Um, But also an interesting thing, if, if families are kind of thinking about, well, oh my gosh, we're talking about these like, uh uh-oh feelings in your, you know, tummy or whatever. Well, how would we talk about what feelings are like, that might be a way for families to play around with this. Yeah. You know, like, remember when we were in the bath and how did that feel? And I mean, I think it's every parent's sort of like biggest lament is like, I asked them what happened today and they said nothing. <laughs> so, right. Yes. You know? So you have to, you have to like link into like something specific, like how did that washcloth feel when we did bath time? Or like, how did the, your boots feel after you stepped in that puddle or your socks or whatever, right. like a soaker, like yeah. those, kinds of, those kinds of things, but. Ah. Right. What, what, are, what would you use to sort of supplement your book? I, you had sort of said that yours doesn't have pictures of private parts and, and neither does mine, which I think makes them both like safe educational materials for yes. educators if they don't want to be showing anything with, with, with body parts, even though they're cartoons. So I did say like maybe supplementing it with like a preschooler K level book, like who has what by Roby Harris Another one is called Girls, Boys, and Body Science. Yeah. Um, I was, if we're talking for itty bitties, we got the bare naked book. 
That's right. I forgot. How did I forget about Kathy? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I don't even need to tell you the author. You know the author. You know it's yeah. Kathy oh, yeah. Stinson. Um, <laughs> she sent but, us a message on Instagram, and I yay. re-fangirled again. So um, Kathy Stinson tangent. That kind of. <laughs> Again, we're going to have our favorites. And this is yeah. this is also one of my favorites. But I think, you know, for people who are looking for that kind of, you know, how do we talk about what these body parts are? That we have some some options yeah. for that. Um, yeah. What about your, like, some of the other stuff that we talk about? So, like, language, like, inclusive language or gender language or <sighs> depictions of body yeah. type diversity? And I think that's hard. And I noticed that your book has a couple of different people. My book is no kidding. It is one child and one um, grown up. And they are, you know, these two, it's this duo through the whole book. And it okay. is this young person. I mean, in, you know, pretty, uh, you know, yeah. I couldn't tell yeah. you. Um, yeah, and then like kind of they remind me of just sort of like, like Japanese like I don't know why like it's not anime but that sort of like Japanese animation sort of style that you'd see on on like this basically the streets of Tokyo yeah I'm sure I saw that couple there that that group when I was this one it was this it was this person and I mean like this person absolutely you know is presenting you know pretty feminine with like the the updo and the love a top knot and the and the and the um what do you call it? Beaded necklace oh, and yeah. the like string of pearls or something. Yeah, the cap top yeah. dress. We're we're just sitting here like having this whole fashion discussion. Dissecting cartoon fashion. <laughs> but it is lovely. I actually aspire to be this person if I could get my life together. Actually, it's not sure I like uh sort of my like flowy uh covered with a sweater aesthetic that I have going yeah. on. But um it's it's really just two people. So I that does not show diversity across body types across identities it's just kind of like here's what we have um so and it looks like your book has a little bit more just to be able to have representation of some other folks yeah a little bit um they're definitely so like the lead character that guides you through the book is this um izzy now they aren't like they're kind of present like fairly androgynous they're wearing sort of I don't know. It's a tunic. Like a tunic and tights and um, they're, but they're not clearly assigned, like assigned to a specific gender. And so I think that that's kind of nice. Um, The rest of the book, it like does have some, some gendering. So there's like, you know, this boy here feels scared because it's, it's the thunder and lightning outside and they do gender the body parts. So they say boys have penis and testicles, girls have vulva, which is great. On the outside and vagina on the inside so that was medically accurate yeah um, well as as yeah medically accurate as far as it's saying that boys have this and girls have that so the the naming <laughs> yeah, of the medically parts accurate is... sorry in terms of like vulva vagina mm-hmm. um and I, but i think they could have just done some people like some people have and some people have yep um and so that that would have sort of um made that a bit better but yeah there's a there's a diversity of sort of characters but it is sort of the the lead character and their family is white and the background characters are the diverse characters and so I'd love to see more examples of books that have that flipped I have one coming that I contributed to a kickstarter of um, (gasps) that I think has a more diverse lead right um, character but so you know like the doctor um and you know is has like 
is brown. <laughs> and so like, you know, so is that, like, yeah. Is that doctor female presenting? Is that, yeah, is that what yeah, I'm kind of catching there? Presenting and has like a little, um, like a bini kind of thing on their forehead. Um, so that, yeah, that's, that's great. Family yeah. doctor. And there's a few sort of like, I mean, it's, I think it's nice representation, but also as an, and this could be just be the adult lens, but there's like the one kid in the wheelchair somewhere near the middle of the book that just, just feel, just feels a tiny bit tokeny, like, oh, we got to yeah. stick the wheelchair kid in there. Um, so I'd love to just see more representation of that person as like a lead. Yes. Character. Yeah. And a little bit more organic and yeah, yeah we're yeah. making progress and that doesn't detract from the, the quality of the message and also for some people it might, you know, so yeah, I think yeah. for and most people have this kind of similar body. There's like one person who might be like, like the tiniest bit of like sort of something approaching a larger body, approaching. mildly rectangular, yes, mildly rectangular or pear shaped. Yeah, so, I am um, to see a little bit more with that. But. Yeah, um, one thing I did like about the body shape is that this is in general the body shape for this person where there's like it, there's a lot of roundness, and as I think of like toddlers and preschoolers, this is that's it pretty is much kind of you know, just kind of. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of circle action happening. Um, So I like that. And I, we talk about medically accurate a lot and I had a different perspective with this book um, because this book calls on every bit of research, every bit of information I've ever, ever gathered about um, sexual abuse and how it may, um, how it may occur. And they said that part about you might freeze. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, I don't like that's something that's so relevant. And I think it's because again, like being authored by not a sex educator per se, but by somebody who does this work around, you know, supporting survivors, like that kind of stuff where you have that information that a sex educator may not have. So that to me was again, it was just sort of eye-opening um, how it changed my perspective of what I call medically accurate. Like that's also medically accurate to be talking about right, how right. you may respond. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so we also kind of talk a little bit, like if you were going to use this book with, if you were going to use it with a client or someone um, who is neurodivergent, like what, what might you do differently? Mm. Uh, I think that making some of these activities more interactive is a way that I have used this book. So like I was saying with the, like the five people, so like really like drawing out a hand, writing things in, like actually like mm-hmm. making handprints in Play-Doh and write. So like, just like a, like a lot more repetition of that idea and doing it like in a kind of like a lot of different ways or something that might be a bit more engaging for that student. Um, and that could, that could be like a fun classroom activity for everybody, right? Everyone make a hand and put it up and decorate it, or we're going to do like handprints and Play-Doh or clay or whatever. And you can just think about your safe people. So I've done some things like that. Um, um, I've definitely done like, um, you know, tight, like you, we were saying about some of the teaching around like recognizing body feelings. I think yeah. does take a little bit more work for, um, some people for a variety of reasons, particularly if they're neurodiverse um I've done some like activities around like sorting like is this a secret or is this a surprise 
and sort of like giving examples and getting them to put them like literally on like chart paper or like up or a rick around the room like is this a secret or a surprise um so some of those like more interactive sort of things that i think just like have been a way to be a bit more immersive in some of the con concepts in the book yeah i like those and like i was thinking about uh something i have not done that i may start doing I love how it kind of goes through you know here are your body parts and you know what are the you know if you're the boss of your eyes what are you you know protected from if you're the boss of your mouth what are you protected from and I think that there's a little bit of there's an activity there too where it really does become this very rights affirming thing and this transcends age so this is an activity that anybody could use of like Hey, if you have the right to be able to control, like what goes into your mouth, like what are some of the things that doesn't have to be anything about like anything sexual. It's also like, you have the right to like say no to food. Mm -hmm. you, you have the right to say, I really don't want to eat. Uh, yeah. so that doesn't work for me. I, I like like all the food, but like, you know, for somebody mushrooms. who, yeah. So I love mushrooms. Yeah. Um, and you know, how about this? Like, I, I don't drink a whole lot of alcohol. Like if I don't want to have a drink, it's okay for me to say, you know what? Hey, I really, that's not something I really want to do. So it's kind of, we're talking about peer pressure at that point, but right. it can be talking about peer pressure. You have the right to say, you know what? I'm not wanting to drink. Um, and that's something that works for somebody who's, you know, 17 years old, but also you have the right to say that you don't like that kind of toothpaste when you're three. Yeah, yeah. It works kind of everywhere with all of yeah. the different body parts, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I think sometimes like I've definitely had parents that sort of say like, well then like, what's the limits? And it's like, well, it doesn't just saying no, doesn't mean they don't have to brush their teeth, but it means you can, Oh, we've got some examples. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. It just means like, you can like take them to the grocery store or the pharmacy and like pick out a kind of toothpaste that they like, or be like, Oh, do you want to use this one or that one? You know, those yeah. sorts of things. Yeah. This book does also do a particularly good job. Um, when people ask that question, I say, you know, there are two things that are important. One is giving a rationale for why it's a rule, mm -hmm. right? If you're going to make a rule, there better be a reason for it. Um, yeah, that's not because I said so. Yeah. I've, I've yes. been a parent for a very long time and I was a teacher for a long time before that. And that was something that I always, uh, if, if I'm going to have a rule, I need to be able to back it up with something that makes sense. Otherwise it's not a rule. It certainly doesn't work when you're in a classroom of like 11 year olds. So, you know, Hey, I'm the boss of my nose and that's why I care about how you smell. <laughs> just, just put it out there. But also, you know, um, if you have the choice to eat what you want to eat and I want you to eat healthy foods because whatever. And if you don't eat the healthy stuff, here's what would happen. So no healthy stuff means no dessert and people can have conversations. Um, it's outside yeah. of what we talk about, about whether that's something that you would do, but there's that. So yeah. it, yeah. it does actually touch on that a little bit. Yeah. And the, my book didn't have as many like alternative examples of just sort of, you know, if you say no, then it, it kind of presented it as a, like they did it like, like the washing and like healthcare and but if mm -hmm. it's like a pro professional helper one of your safe adults is there um but a couple episodes back um when we talked about consent for kids yeah. book that had a, like a couple more examples so people can listen or re-listen to that one for some other absolutely that book because they do a good job of uh, describing that as well yeah alternatives and I think it, yeah, it's something that, you know, hopefully it, it, if we have people who listen a lot and if you do email us, tell us you listen a lot, um, send us a message on Instagram because uh, I guess we 
pay more attention to that. Yeah, we means fair. we means Landa pays attention to that. <laughs> um, but uh, hopefully it's kind of coming across it. Like there are a lot, and when we say there are many different ways to approach the topic, like we have three books now that have talked about this sort of like in similar ways and they all have something a little different. So it's okay to read more than one book. Yeah. So. Yeah. And there's lots of, there's lots of books out there on this topic. And so that I feel like that's sort of, well, like the reason why we wanted to do the, the podcast, right. Is like, yeah. like how, if you go on like a major bookseller, like online bookseller, and you just put in like consent for kids, or you Google like consent books for kids, you're going to get so many recommendations yeah. and I just don't know like even me, like, I don't know by looking at the cover, if I know the author, or if I can like look them up and see like your author, that they're a licensed clinical social worker and they do this work, like, okay, that's probably going to be pretty good. But I mean, anybody, literally anybody can write a book. Right. Yes. <laughs> and self-publish it and put it on Amazon now. Yeah. So like you don't know that you're getting the best information really, honestly. So for sure. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, that, that was a decent mashup. This was a fun experiment. We can yeah. do this again with other things that are similar. Yeah. We could mash some other. If that's up. okay. If you consent. I do. I like that idea. Yes. All right. I will take us out. Yes. Sex Ed Book Review is a collaboration between Landa Fox and Barb Gross. And the views and opinions expressed on this podcast should not be a substitute for professional or clinical advice. Find us on Instagram at sexedbookreview and at www.sexedbookreview.com.